We've got some fresh hey, new I'm young Luis. talent. Hey, I'm Luis. And you're listening to the Content before. is Profit One, podcast. Two, we spent the last four years learning the strategies and techniques from some of the top marketers in the world on how to create content that turns into profit. If you'd like to learn how to turn that content into profit, go to contentsprofit.com. Oh, yeah. 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 Today, Ooh. epic guest, epic story. And of mm. course, epic topic, guys. Yeah. From RV Ooh. dealership security guard to successful business owner. And I, I'm gonna say to go. very successful business owner. Like very like in all caps. He, an exclamation yes. point. Exactly. Yes. He is an incredible person. I can't wait for you guys to hear Ooh. his story. I know. Fancy, do we have a sponsor today? Tell me. I was wondering, Please. is the question coming in? <laughs> and indeed, we do have a sponsor yes. today. And your sponsor is your own, The Biz Bros. Let's go. With Content Momentum. And you might be asking what? yourself, what is Content Momentum? Well, if you produce long-form content just like this one that you're mm. listening to or watching and you want to turn it into value-packed, bite-sized assets, so then you can send it into social media and amplify your contribution. Let's go. And get some more clients. Ooh, then, that sounds so then good. reach out because we want to help <laughs> you out. Slide at the DMs at Beast Bros. Go Just on Facebook. At on the DMs. Instagram or slide <laughs> in the DMs at the Whatever. DMs, however you want to do it. First, also, <laughs> gotta subscribe, hit smash that subscribe button because the episodes are coming your way every Tuesday, Thursdays, and Saturdays. And follow us on social media at Beast Bros. Go everywhere. That is right. And if you find this episode impactful, which I am sure you will, remember to share it. Because mm. you never know whose life this story can change. Absolutely, and, absolutely. And leave a five star review. Thank you. Fun fact. One of our first clients was a dentist. Why is that relevant? Mm. Because today's guest is the one responsible for putting the smile back on the dentist while helping them grow their practices predictably, profitably, at a scale. Mm, now the question is, can we do that regardless of the industry? That's what we'll be discovering with today's epic guest. But before that, a huge shout out to Michael Johnson for connecting us. Go listen to his episode, episode 110. So good. Go listen to it right now. Now, actually, not now. Like after this exactly. episode. Okay. Go good, listen good, after good, the episode. Yeah, that's yes, true. That's right. Come now, on. Now, back to today's yeah. guest. Take it away. <laughs> Another fun fact: He is from Utah, and he, as we all know by now, all successful people come from Idaho, Utah, and Canada. Looks like we'll have to move there soon. Jokes aside, today's guest has hosted a mastermind for the last four years and is recognized as a top ten. Final designer by Russell Brunson himself. That that's pretty epic. Mm. That's very, very, yes. very epic. Yes. Can't wait. Please welcome amazing husband and father, mm. founder of Dental Leads, and maybe our future neighbor. Who knows? Jared Atkinson. <laughs> welcome, Jared. Love it. Thank you guys. <laughs> We're so excited. You guys are hilarious. To Love the energy. Party so time. Good. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Ho hopefully one day we can, you know, we're saying this behind the stage. Hopefully one day we can do it live in Utah with all Ooh. of our Utah friends. Oh, that would be so fun. Absolutely. That'd be rad. Uh -huh. Hey, maybe by then we'll already be neighbors. Who knows? Ah, who knows? I know. Fonz <laughs> is like dying to move out there. Fun fact, my, my wife is Canadian. So, you know, hence I'm also successful. Just saying, <laughs> just, just putting it out there. <laughs> Uh, but dude, thank you so much for joining us, man. It, it's been it's been wonderful. I've heard many many good things about you. Uh, Fonsi did not share any other details on your call, so why don't you share with us and the audience a little bit of your backstory? You know where you're coming from and wh why you do what you do now. Very good. I love it. Um, so yeah, we. I mean, like you said, we kind of dove into a little bit before, but uh, um, uh, how far do we want to go back, right? Um, well, let, let's go. Yeah, give me a pre idea. pre entrepreneurial body. I mean, your dad and mom just met. What, what happens <laughs> okay. next? Gotcha. So, that, <laughs> so we'll, we'll go back to my, my college days if you're cool with that. Yeah, um, awesome, I, awesome. I went to BYU or Brigham Young University. Um, anyone who's aware of that, go Cougars. Um, <laughs> uh, going into college, I um, met my wife. Actually, we dated in high school, and uh, 
so kind of our, I think our second year of college, uh, we got married and I, I was studying business at the time yeah. um, and uh, dabbling in architecture. And my wife um, went through a, a faster program and became a nurse. Um, so she got you know, certified to be a nurse, to take care of patients, all that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, one of the big challenges that we ran into when we were early on married was, you know, everywhere she applied for work um, as, as a nurse, now that she has her degree and everything, everyone wanted experience, mm. which she didn't have because she had just come right from school. <laughs> right. And that's kind of just a big, huge, messy challenge. And I was still going to school. I still had another couple years left of school. Yeah. And so we were just trying to work odd jobs here, there, where we could um, to be able to make money. Um, in fact, my, my wife at, at one point, even though she was a nurse and had her degree and had about yeah. $40,000 in debt from that, my wife was working at Shopco. If you guys are aware of that, it just, um, it's it's a pretty rundown, at least in Utah, it is, it's a pretty rundown <laughs> um, you know, store. And she was bagging yeah. groceries, right? Wow. So it was a pretty humbling thing for her. And while that was happening, I felt really bad because I still had school in front of me and stuff to do. Um, and so I was trying to look for a way uh, to be able to, to make a bit more money as well. And we, we happened to run into a, an opportunity that um, literally was pretty much the only thing putting food on our table at the time. And that was doing nightly security at a local RV dealership. So for a lot of people who don't know this, I'm not giving you ideas here. Um, but you know, <laughs> when you go to an RV dealership and you have these big, huge RVs that are like on the low one, 100, 150,000, all the way up to five or 600 grand. Um, they have a lot of theft, a lot of problems with that. Oh, People wow. uh, break in and, you know, steal Big a lot stuff. of parts, steal TVs, all that type of stuff out of RVs. And yeah. one of the challenges that, yeah. that we had is, you know, we, we got this job to be able to make a little bit of money and we had to, um, we stayed overnight there at the RV dealership. We just slept in one of the RVs and every single hour, throughout the night we needed to hop out and you know take a flashlight and go look around and make sure that no one was up to anything right yeah. um, so even though we call it security like i didn't have a gun on me or anything else like that mm. I, in fact Ooh, i never really brave. thought of what if i see somebody doing something like what the heck am i supposed to do right yeah yeah um and it was a it was a very humbling um you know scenario to be in uh, a pretty trying thing um when we were doing that i i can tell you now i i have three kids i've never woken up as many times in the <laughs> night with my kids as i did doing the rv thing right wow. and and this was actually from like october to february which is like the coldest months mm. in utah so we had tons and tons of snow and just absolutely freezing right wow. um so that that was really trying it was also really trying for me as a new husband where it's like hey let's get married i'm here to take care of you and then that's not happening right yeah um huh. so amidst the challenge of trying to do that i i started tinkering around trying to learn what you know marketing is all about I, i'd seen some people do some stuff online yeah. and this was at the time where like Facebook was really coming into play as a, a serious place for businesses to be. Um, yeah. I don't even think Facebook advertising was out yet, yeah. uh, but this was just you know, when people are posting on Facebook, which is a lot of what you guys talk about, right? <laughs> it's all about content, right? And and I, I happened to get a job, um, was actually working for a company called Zag. Um, you know, they make like all the like screen protectors and stuff that you use every single day. Okay. And I was posting on Facebook for them. And yeah. um a little bit into my job there, I um, started dabbling with the advertising side of Facebook. That was mm. kind of more coming online as something popular to do and um, started getting symbols for the company there. And in, in the meantime, you know, as, as word kind of gets around about what you're doing, I happen to have a, a family uh, friend who, you know, came to me who was a, a dentist and they, they basically said like, Hey, like we've heard you're, you're doing some stuff on Facebook, you know, that's more yeah. important and more meaningful than just, you know, watching another cat video and finding out what your cousin <laughs> ate for dinner last night. Right. Yeah. That's, that's what I tell my clients now today. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like we, we heard that you were doing some stuff to, to sell. Right. Yeah. And they say, you know, we, we have our dental practice. Um, you know, we, we need more patients in our practice and we're kind of struggling, um, trying to fill seats in our practice. Like, is there any way you can help us? And of course, if a family friend, family, uh, friend approaches me, I'm like, yeah, I'll give it my best shot. I can't guarantee anything. Cause I've been over yeah. here selling like phone cases and stuff like that, but yeah. let me see what I can figure out. And I started tinkering around with, um, burning ads for them. And it, it took a little bit of a process and trial and error. Um, Absolutely. but we figured out, you know, how to take that same strategy and apply it to uh, the dental industry, figure out how to, mm. you know, run ads and get them uh, more patients in the practice and help them to, to fill seats and, and get people taken care of. And, and for me, that, 
that was kind of like a, a little light bulb, like sparked the inspiration type moment for me where I realized yeah. like I, there was nothing about working at Zag that I didn't like, uh, but I'd always kind of felt like eventually I wanted to have my own thing. Um, mm. You know, growing up, my dad had has a, his own business. Um, I think he's had his now for about 35 years. Wow. Uh, so I kind of felt like that was the direction I eventually wanted to go. Um, but I started tinkering around with this and, and said, well, can I take the same idea, um, you know, something like this structure and apply it to other businesses? Yeah. And, um, you know, again, some trial and error, but found out like, yes, I could. I, I ran some ads for a car dealership. I, mm-hmm. I ran some ads for a, a like a solar panel uh, sales company, you know, continued with that same dentist. And in fact, I still work with that dentist now today. So awesome. um, I worked with a bunch of other local industries and, um, you know, eventually, decided to narrow in on just the dental space because I, I love it and I know it back to front and, and it's been a, it's been a wild ride, lots of, you know, ups and downs, that type of stuff, but I, I really love it. So. That's wow. awesome. Yeah. What a story for Th- sure. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. I know sometimes, you know, it can be challenging, uh, you know, sharing some aspects of the story and I can't imagine uh, what you had to go through on the RV face, you know, in the winter, like like we were telling you behind cameras, we're from Venezuela. The only sweater that we has, what, what to go to to the movie theater, man. And and yeah, uh, yeah. I feel you, man. So so thank you for sharing that. And you know, I wrote something here was like, out of pain, you start with you know the, your solution, your online thing. And for us, it was not was not that it was. It, it, I mean, it was also a lot of pain, but uh, in, in a different environment, right? Like for us, it was heat in the garage with the screen printing machine, like ninety five degrees Florida weather, right? But but do you think a lot of people kind of start from from that? You know, when they start creating or when they start looking for another solution, do we always wait for a situation like that where we're experiencing some kind of internal, emotional, physical pain to like change environment? Do you think that's common or like how? how what do you think? Um, I, I'm obviously I can only really speak for myself. I, I know there are definitely people out there that are super motivated and, and may not have any problem or challenge really going on and they just want to charge forward and mm. and big props to them um for me honestly it, it was much more of the 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 pain and again like i was newly married i'm like like my pride and and where i'm here to take care of my new wife is like i'm here to provide especially so you're not freezing and waking up every single night you know to to do all this ridiculous stuff to make money. So, so yeah. for me, like moving from that position of, of fear and, and challenge and frustration uh, was awesome to be able to channel those emotions. And I think everybody has those emotions, but yeah. to be able to channel those in the direction of, Hey baby, like I, I know we're, we're trying to, a couple things and there might be a little bit of risk here, but like my, my wife was super on board. Cause I, awesome. I think she felt that same drive uh, yeah. toward it. So, you know, there, there may be other people who are, are, driven more so by other things but i think yeah. it is pretty common for us to to be in that position that yeah. that is challenging that's where we don't want to be and we want to get uh, to another spot and make it better yeah yeah absolutely and and i think you mentioned that your dad has his own business for like 35 years right um i'm curious like because obviously he must be an entrepreneur as well <laughs> so that probably was in the family what memories mm-hmm. do you have or what lessons right did you acquire from from your dad moving into into this stage that you were looking for again providing for for your new wife at the moment um i'm curious no that's a that's a good question um so i i mean there's a bunch of different things i've I've learned but um my my dad is definitely a a a self-driven type individual um he didn't I don't think at any point ever, you know, hire some business coach or, or mentor or anything else like that. And I don't have anything against that, but, but for him, um, the, the business he's in, he, he actually, um, installs and provides, um, security systems to people. Mm. Um, it's yeah. funny enough, actually, that the way that we got this RV job, he was, um, actually in the process of building out an elaborate outdoor security system for the RV dealership. Oh, wow. And in the meantime, while he was working to build that out, like it was a, a big custom job that took a, a few months to 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 put together. Yeah. In the meantime, it was like, well, they're still getting, you know, stuff moved out, you know, yeah. at, at night. Like you'd, you'd come and walk the park and you'd see, oh, look, they just cut a hole through the fence and they snuck right in, right? Wow. So it was it was through my dad that we were able to get that job. Um, but one of the the great things that I, I remember and and still to this day admire him for is. Um, uh, for him, it's not so much about like what the actual product is, but it's about identifying someone who has a problem and and really working hard to articulate a solution for them. 
mm-hmm. and then providing that solution for them. Like we all have problems, right? And, and especially yeah. if you hop into a, a business, you know, we we already wear hats just in normal life and you start your own business, you have 50 other hats you have to wear. And, and yeah. so those are problems that, that you can provide a solution to at the end of the day. And really that's, I think that's a, a natural place where, where business can happen when someone has a problem and you can provide a solution. So I think yeah. taking the time to listen and clearly understand somebody's problem can be where you can find a great solution for yeah. them. That's awesome. That that's incredible, right? L- listening, listening to other people and understanding their problems, right? I, I I personally never saw, you know, pre this journey that I'm living right now. I never saw entrepreneurship as simple as it's just about listening to people's problem and then taking the initiative to solve those problems and then finding a way to deliver that solution to the person that needs it, right? It, it's actually pretty simple Absolutely. when you put it that way. And I'm curious, did that was that what led you to marketing in a way can because i'm curious you said like you you said it quickly you're like oh and then i developed this knack for marketing right <laughs> but in my mind yeah. i'm like <clears throat> why why caught your attention why was sort of marketing because if you saw you know your dad solving problems here and there i feel like yeah. you would have been you know looking maybe for some of these problems but what was it about marketing that caught your attention Oh, that's, that's a good question. So actually, in when I was in school, I like I said, I first went into school um, to become an architect. I, I had done architectural drafting for about six years, and that was right about the time the uh, economy tanked, you know, like the housing market. So they were absolutely the the industry that was was hit the worst. And so that kind of caused me to like pump the brakes for a minute and say like, hey, is this really what I want to go into? Like, I don't know how long it's going to be until yeah. things come back out again. Like, is there a way for me to find a an industry or line of work that's less volatile, right? It doesn't yeah. have as many peaks and valleys, that type of stuff. Yeah. And um, so I slowly pivoted from architecture over to business. And, you know, when you're starting into a business degree, they have a lot of general classes. Yep. So I had like a, I don't remember what it was called, maybe like a marketing 101 class, right? Yeah. And and for me, I, I don't remember like exactly what it was. I don't really have some big romantic story to it or anything else, <laughs> but I, um, I just love the idea of marketing. Um, love yeah. kind of, thinking through that process and especially seeing, you know, how, how one person could sell a widget and another person could sell a widget and sell so many more of them, you know, based on how they frame their, their, their story and how they go about yeah. selling it. So that was really appealing to me. And and when I would think about, again, these, these industries and trying to play something, um, you know, make a strategy for my career that, that can be safe, uh, but I can also make some good money. I'm like, well, every single one of these businesses, regardless of industry, they all need marketing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what if I get really good at that and they'll still be able to do what they want to do and then I'll just be able to help them along the way. Yeah. Uh, so that again, for me was like, all these businesses have problems and I could be a solution for them. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. I, I, I resonate with that part of the story because a lot of people, especially, well, I think us too, like we struggle with that. It was like, what do we do? Right. Like, mm-hmm. and, uh, and you know, our, our whole identity was soccer players when growing up, every decision was based on, we're going to go play, you know, professionally. And, and, you know, we, we got to you to play in Europe. We got here because of soccer. But then when that ended, it's like, okay, what now? Right. And you mentioned it's like mm-hmm. loving the idea of, something and i feel like that's a pretty good indicator to kind of move forward with that thing and and through college i had a similar experience on entrepreneurship right like uh, i was going to business school everything was super general in my case uh you know i i wasn't really enjoying it and then i i went to an entrepreneurship minor right and it was like this very introductional like classes where like we got to interact with a lot of people locally that were doing amazing things and that caught my attention I'm like man that right that is my vehicle but then on entrepreneurship what am i doing right and and then we kept like looking at these like little indicators like oh man okay well you know screen printing t-shirts hell no okay well stickers hell no okay whatever like next one right it's interesting because i feel like we grow up in this you know education system where always you're listening what are you gonna be when you grow up right it's like what if i want to try many things when i grow up right what if i want to go from one to the other one so it, it, it's interesting because honestly, I've never known what I wanted to be when I grew up besides a soccer player, right? When I was a kid. And I remember we did this test at our school back in Venezuela and they came back with like the top three 
options that you were, were best qualified, like your personality to be, right? Mm -hmm. I don't remember the other two, but I remember one very specific yeah. one. And for me, it was like forest caretaker. It was super weird. I was like, <laughs> what? I was like, I don't want to be a forest caretaker, you know? Now, yeah, do, now you do have this period for a forest yeah, like, caretaker. Now I look back at it and I'm like, well, I do love being outside, walking in nature and stuff. Um, but it's funny because then you grow up saying, you know, thinking in your head, it's like, I have yeah. to be one thing. I have to dedicate myself to one thing when mm -hmm. entrepreneurship for, you know, it, it, it's a lot about, okay, let me face different problems and I can jump from one problem to another one, even in marketing, right? Like what you do with, with the dentist, I'm sure you come across many of their problems inside their own business and you have to address them differently. Absolutely. So... Okay, when, when we were faced with the decision, though, we had to niche down. We had people like, ah, oh, you guys have to do it because when we had mm. the agency, we're doing like seven different things, right? <laughs> and obviously we couldn't scale. It was like a freelancing gig for two, like for the both of us. And we're like, hey, we, we were actually marketing ourselves as the anti-marketing agency, right? And people were like, <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so cool. Tell me more. I'm like, well, why, why do you want to hear? Yeah, right? it, it, it was the total opposite of, of what you do, right? We were yeah. not predictable and we were not profitable and we couldn't scale. <laughs> at all exactly you know? <laughs> so so obviously that that brought some pain some lessons uh but then you know we we joined the, this mastermind they're like you guys have to like niche on you guys have to offer like one thing right and and then we drew all these processes in the whiteboard and we're like okay which one are we doing and content was something that you know kept coming up through the conversations like you said you know i'm listening to to my audience i'm listening to to my clients and then what's what's happening right and then we decided to go through that fancy wasn't a big fan at the very beginning right but we were really scared to be like we don't want to be just the content guys for you know, dentists, for example, we don't just want to be the content guys for dietitians because we had like these classic, you know, uh, type of businesses working with us. We had like fitness studios, we had dietitians, we have XYZ, right? And we're like, we just want to niche down on that, right? And, and then what we what we found was like, we, we niche down on the process on how we create and multiply content. Now, how was that experience for you? I mean, you did mention a little bit on your experience with dentists before and it came through a friend, but uh, how, how were you comfortable with that? Because I mean, internally for us, that was such that a was big good. conversation. Yeah. Uh, sure. and, and maybe a lot of people are hesitant. I'm like, okay, should I go with like one type of business or should I do a system? Like what, what, what's your story there? No, that's a very good question for sure. Um, and I don't think there is necessarily like a right answer um, that, that fits everything. Like obviously the choice that I made fits really well for me. So there may yeah. be people who listen or watch this, that like what I say doesn't really speak to them. Uh, but for me, so my initial business that I created where I was basically, you know, running ads on Facebook and then later we added Instagram and funnels, yeah. all that process to help grow businesses. We were doing it for lots of different businesses. Yeah. I guess probably the, the same or the, the similarity among them all is it was uh, local businesses, right? So we weren't doing stuff, you know, at some big, huge national level. I, I like the process of, you know, let, let's dabble in Facebook, let's dabble in Instagram, but at a, a very local level, um, yeah. I, I think it makes it feel much more real for uh, prospective customers, that type of stuff. But uh, yeah. uh, for me, as I was going about doing this, again, other people may be different. I'm sure there's people who are much, much better at this than I am. But when I started to do it, you know, like I, my first client that I had was a dentist. Um, and yeah. then right after them, I added on a restaurant. Um, and then later I added a, a, um, a solar uh, sales company, right? They, they go out and sell uh, solar panels for various companies out there. And then I added real yeah. estate. And, you know, every time I would jump into one of these niches, like if, if I'm honest, if I'm really trying to do my absolute best for the client, there's a ton of time I need to take to research and to understand mm. all the little nuances of each industry, right? Yeah. Like the way that you get um, buyer leads or seller leads in real estate, like while the structure of the, the funnel and stuff is pretty similar to dental, like there's so many little tiny nuances that are so different than yeah. each one of these industries. And, and for me, like that was a, a very hard thing to, to swallow, to try and figure out. And I, I had never created my company with the intent of like, mm. Hey, we're going to service every type of local business out there. Um, like I was just trying to get a feel for what was good for me. What, what did I like and what was profitable? Right. Um, and, and, uh, even though you're talking about money, some people may feel awkward with money, but I, I think you have to really try and look for the combination of, like what you love to do, the people you love to serve and the people who 
have money to people who are willing to pay <laughs> yeah, you, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like when I advertised for the the restaurant, it's like, okay, well, you, you just pay <laughs> me my monthly fee to run ads. Now, how many cheeseburgers do we have to sell to break even on that? Like that's it's a hard sell, you know. It's yeah. it's yeah. just a little bit different, yeah. um, and so that that was part of why I moved over to the dental industry because I, I realized. I mean, like number one, you know, everyone pictures this, this black box where I can put in $1 and I want to get two out. Right. <laughs> and of course we want that. Um, Cause if we can get, put one in and get two out, what if we put a, put in a hundred and get 200 and so on. Right. Yeah. But for like the dental space, if, if they know their stuff and they're very good at taking care of patients. And if I can just come in and help a little bit on the, the business and marketing expertise, they should easily be able to put in $1 and get 50 out yes. or put in $1 and get a hundred out. I mean, depending on what yes. you're advertising. And so um, I, I just didn't want like the, the super tight concern around finances to be an issue there. I, I wanted the, the latitude and flexibility to, Hey, let's go after your ideal customer. I know yeah. we can get them affordably, but I also know that I can get you a result very quickly that you'll be very happy about. And for, mm-hmm. for me, the dental space is very, very good for that, for those parameters I put in place. Yeah. Ooh. That's, Oh, you're just like giving me so many flashbacks right now because (laughs) actually when we started our social media marketing agency, right, like four years ago and we were trying to, you know, we were just learning. We're like, yeah, we're going to give ads to this restaurant and we're going to build a funnel here. We're just literally trying anything. (laughs) We would go, what do you need? Whatever they say, we would say, yes, we can do it. And then we would go to YouTube and be like, how do we do this? Um, But our our very first client was actually a restaurant, right? And their food was absolutely amazing. It was delicious. Delicious. But their marketing (laughs) was the total opposite, right? And we go there and we start pitching them and all this stuff, right? Just so you have an idea. I was like all dressed up with a (laughs) a suit and and a tie. I was like trying to look all professional there. The the, the total opposite of what you see now. Yeah, the total opposite of of what you see right now, definitely. (laughs) And we were selling them right on this fact that he could get more views on social media than spending money with a magazine. That was it. That was the fact that we were trying to sell him with, right? We weren't selling him on, hey, what is the lifetime value of one of your customers, right? Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I'm I'm wondering now, like I don't think they knew that, right? Because they didn't know, they, they didn't know their marketing, they didn't know their numbers that well, and they didn't know exactly how many people would they have to bring in to break even. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're saying that is important that for the business to understand as well. And like you said, it's different for for different industries. So, for example, if a ticket at a restaurant, let's say their average ticket is like $20 and they're spending with you $1,500 per month on a retainer and that doesn't even include the ad cost, you're going to have to sell (laughs) a lot of food, right? You're going to have to bring a lot of people into the restaurant to justify that expense. So when eventually we kept learning and we're like, wow, this makes no sense for us whatsoever because now... (laughs) It, it just turned into like a toxic relationship because they're like, oh, what are you guys doing? And we're like, oh, well, we're trying to do this, but we need to sell like 200, <laughs> you know, tacos or whatever. Um, <laughs> it, it became a challenge. And I remember the day we actually met our dentist who who, who was one of our, our first clients as well. And he said he actually does... Um, he create he creates smiles. Uh, uh, he creates smiles. Smiles the sign. <laughs> smiles the sign. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, he does like yeah. veneers and stuff veneers. like that. So it's a very right. high end, um, really good cosmetic work. Product. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I remember when he was talking about, he was like, "Yeah, like I can sell one of these for like forty grand." My brother and I were like, "What?" So if we bring you one client, like we'll Pay be set for, for like <laughs> two months, three months, right? Like, yep. And, and, and that was the point for us. That was a huge libel moment, especially when trying to find this niche because we're like, okay, we got to look at the money side of things. Like it is a fact, like I can be extremely passionate about restaurants, but now personally, I'm not going to go offer advertisement to, to restaurants. I will probably yep. try to figure out what is their problem now and what is a viable solution that I can give them that can solve that problem. So what you're saying is is just oh making me remember all these things, right? And I think is it's outstanding and is is incredible the fact that you also said I need to spend all this time learning the craft. Learn you need to be an insider in these people's business Mm. to fully serve them. How do you get to that realization that you needed to be an an insider there? 
Uh, but for for me, that was kind of a. Uh, I got I got there through trial and error, right? Through through times where I, I had figured out a couple things that worked in the dental space, and then I'd try and go to another space like like real estate, and try and apply it. And and of course I'm, you know I'm successful and they're successful. And you know in real estate that's that's getting leads so that people could sell their house through them, or so that they can buy a house. And if they're not successful, yeah, like it's it's really tough for them. And and like you said, it makes a tox- toxic relationship. Um, I think business can naturally flow just great um, when things make sense yeah. and, and like sales and things like that don't yeah. have to be a big issue. Yeah. But when I was not understanding the little nuances um, within their business and I was not getting them meaningful results, like then it felt like I was, you know, kicking up against the wall and, and there was friction there. And yeah. and like that, that's not what any of us want. And so, yeah, that's definitely true. diving in deep to understand really all the numbers to a business. I mean, if, if you're, if your business is like like what I'm doing, you know, agency related, or even if it's your own business, um, and it, it's not like an agency model, like you've got to know your numbers really well, um, mm. so that you can make sense of things. You can know how much you can spend in in advertising or in marketing. You can know if you can buy that next, you know, piece of equipment or something that you're going to put in your process. If you can afford to hire a salesperson or like whatever it is, like you've got to know yeah. those numbers. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. What are what are some of the challenges that you see with with the business owners that you help, right? Like because uh, you know I, I come from the brick and mortar, same thing. Like I was on the on the sell side for a fitness studio, and uh, I didn't know what I didn't know. Like I wish I can sure. go back, you know, now and 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 run those studios. Uh, I think we will kill it. But um, but the same thing, like when when you have these business owners, right? They they have their eyes in so many places, mm-hmm. um, and I'm assuming you you deal with this or your team de- deals with this almost on a daily basis, maybe not. Maybe you're, you know, finding your dream customer, right? But what are some of the challenges sure. that business owners encounter where when investing in, you know, paid media or even trying to deal with, with content in general? No, that's, that's a very good question. Uh, so, I mean, now that we've niched down just into the dental space, um, even though that's more predictable and I've been niched down in the space for almost four years now, yeah. wow. um, one of the challenges is every single practice is different. Um, I don't know all the super, you know, detailed numbers to it, but the great majority of practices we work with, um, the dentist himself or herself is usually the owner to the practice. Um, and, uh, every dentist is different. Like I, I have some dentists I work with, you know, where they have a really great business and marketing head on their shoulders. And so they are taking care of patients needs. And then when I come to talk about marketing, like they are the ones, they're my point of contact. They love, you know, getting, um, into the weeds of it all and figuring out what type of offer we should run. Yeah. Um, you know, how, how we should go about all that. And then I have dental practices where I've actually never even met the dentist himself. Like he's phenomenal at what he does, but he's the type of dentist where he loves to come yeah. in, take care of patients and leave. Right. And that, that's fine. So he relies heavily on an office manager. And so usually that's my point of contact. And, yeah. and so even though we have variety in the type of dentist that, that we work with, um, one thing for sure that we have to, to get buttoned up and get a real clear head on is, you know, if in the short term, if I'm going to be successful for them, they have to know where to pick up the ball after I, you know, I'm dribbling with it mm-hmm. and pass it off to them. Um, but in, in the long term, like I'm, if I'm just bringing them leads, like a lead is not going to put food on the table. It's not going to pay for hygienists and assistants. Yeah. It's all that type of stuff. And so in, in our process, we don't assume that a, a dentist has trained their front end staff. You know, when I, when I go over to Facebook or to Instagram and I, I run ads and I'm sending people through a funnel and sending that information, you know, to the, the office there, I don't assume that their staff knows how to sell. Uh, and sometimes sales is a touchy word in the dental space. <laughs> yeah. uh, so part of what we do is is empowering them and, and training them so that they oh. know with confidence how to pick up where we left off, know what oh. to say on the phone, know when to say it, know what to say in person and not on the phone, like all that type of stuff, right? Uh, because again, like I'm successful when they are and success yeah. for uh, dental practice is yeah. butts and seats, people receiving treatment and paying for it. And, and so that's, that, that's a little bit of the challenges, like, Hey, let's get down into the weeds a little bit so we can clearly understand number yeah. one, so I can understand what type of dentist you are, right? If, if you want to have these awesome marketing conversations with me or not, that's I'm good either way, but I, I need to know how you function as a dentist, yeah. you know, and then from there, let, let's get an idea of, of where your staff is at, what kind of coaching they need, you know, because 
again, I'm, I'm not just here as some, you know, fly by marketer of, well, you paid me this month and, and now I'm going to send you leads and, yeah. and, well, they didn't convert. Well, too bad. I'm running off into the sunset, right? Like I'm, I'm here for the long term, yeah. and for us to make that work, we need to figure out everything that goes into place to help yeah. you guys be su- as successful as possible. Yeah. That, that is a great lesson you, you gave right there. Well, two great lessons. First, care about your customer. Don't just be like the other agencies that are like, yeah, here, your leads. And then, like you said, run into the sunset, right? Like you truly care for these people. Like you said, if they win, you're winning as well. And the other one that I really don't want people to miss, you were saying, you know, we can give them the leads, but we assume they don't have staff that is trained in sales, right? That they don't really know exactly how to close these leads. And you are thinking one, two steps ahead, right? You are, how can I add uh, that's value? like five steps ahead. Yeah, five yeah, steps yeah. ahead. You're like, how can I add <laughs> value to my offer, right? So they have no excuses literally to not succeed, right? You are giving them Absolutely. all the tools, all the resources for them to be able yeah. to succeed. At the end of the day, Of course, like their success is not fully dependable on you. They are the ones that have to take actions and they're going to be the ones probably that have to close those sales. But mm-hmm. you thought in advance, okay, my problem, my, my solution, sorry, is going to create a follow-up problem, right? Which is yep. they're going to have to start talking about you know, on the phone. They're going to have to start having more sales calls, more follow-ups. Do they know how to do that? Right. right. Guess what? Whether they do or not, if you include that as a part of your offer, now people mm-hmm. are going to see the value. Right. And by increasing your value, then as well, your price is more than justified. And people are going to be like, you know what? This is awesome. Come. My staff is trained in sales, but you know what? Some extra training never hurt anybody. Yeah. So right. come in. I think that was an, an incredible lesson. And I really don't want people, whoever is listening right now, to miss on that because Sure. Think about your offer for those that are listening. Think about your offer, what you're offering to your audience right now, and think what is a follow-up problem that I am creating. For example, exactly. we realized that we were giving all this content to people mm-hmm. right after, and then they were like, okay, how do I distribute all this? So guess well, what? Yeah, or, or even how do I find it, right? Like yep. <laughs> they're getting, you know, 30, 40 <laughs> pieces on a Google Drive link, right? Uh, and then they're yep. like, You haven't delivered anything. And we're like, well, it's in your drive folder. It's but, right there, yeah. But, but they're exactly. like, oh, what's the drive folder? And right. we're like, what? So, so you know, on our end, we came up with a content hub solution. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a membership site. They log in and all their content is right there. So it's like, where is it? Go to your content hub. It's right there. That's awesome. Uh, uh, so, so those are the things, dude, and, and, and it resonates so much. Thank you so much for sharing yeah. because when we first started, we thought it was, a, you know, just that one solution uh, and then that's right. it. But, you know, your clients will come in and they will give you the opportunity to get – your business to a whole new level like you've done Absolutely. with with your practice so thank you so much and everybody listening that wants to take that route keep that in mind you know as you move forward listen to the problems that your solution is creating and then create a solution for that and create the next solution for that yeah and it's amazing for sure yeah and I, I, i just want to add one more bit oh, to that. yes That's absolutely okay. Do it. Um, <laughs> I, i don't have the book around me but I, i recommend anyone go out to buy it um it's it sounds childish and it is but uh Um, I think of the uh, the book, If You Give a Mouse a Cookie. I don't know if you guys Ooh, have read that before. No. What, what is it called again? <laughs> if, if You Give a Mouse a Cookie. If You Give a Mouse a Cookie. Mm. Right? It's it's a pretty old school book. Um, awesome to read to, to little kids and stuff. But the if you haven't read the book, I mean, the, the premise of the book is it's basically just a, a continuation of like what happens if I give a mouse a cookie, right? And, you know, awesome. again, if you haven't read the book, just assume this is like a, a friendly mouse that plays with kids, that type of stuff, right? If you give a mouse a cookie, he's hungry, but he's going to need uh, a glass of milk to go with it, right? And if you give him the milk, he's going to need a straw to go with it, right? Mm. So now he's drank the milk. And after the yeah. after he's drank the milk, he's going to need a napkin. And after he's just had his cookie and cleaned up his face, he's going to be tired. So he's going to need a nap, right? And so the book kind of goes through that. It's just a little picture book for kids. Yeah. But I think the premise of it is kind of the same as what we're talking about here, right? Like we can provide solutions to people's problems, but always remember that as I provide a solution to someone's problem, I have not, you know, taken their list of 50 problems down to 49. They will have a 50th problem, a next problem. It'll just be a different problem, yeah. right? So in the dental space, like they have a problem of not enough leads, right? So I, I get them leads. We fix that problem. Like now it's, okay, we have all these people on the schedule. We got to make sure they show up, right? So we, we've got to figure out a solution to that. Yeah. Uh, and even if you bring them all the way across that, it's like, hey, 
like these guys did what they told us they were going to do. They got us, you know, 30 or 40 new patients in a month. Well, it's like, okay, if you're good at retaining these patients, you're going to have a capacity problem, right? Mm -hmm. Or if you're not good at retaining them, like, hey, we just sent you 30 new patients. And what happens in six months when they're supposed to get their teeth cleaned again? Like, so it just understanding that and, and realizing these problems don't go away. But just like you guys said that we, we can also, if we think farther into it, we can provide solutions to future problems that they're going to have. And even if, you know, I'm trying to sell them on, you know, the first solution to problem one. And in the process, I mention the solutions to problems two and three, like me suggesting the solution two and three yeah. will mm -hmm. sell them on problem one because they've realized like, oh, yeah, he actually has thought through quite a bit thing. more than this. Yeah. And it really shows the experience and kind of the the credibility and authority within that sales environment. Yeah. Do, do wow, you have a amazing. do you have a specific story where this happened with a dentist or maybe early in your career that you can that you remember is like man this is like my to go you know situation? Do you have something? Uh, like yeah, that? sure. So so my my very first uh, dental practice that I, I worked with uh, when I was kind of just starting kind of in my my story that I, I walked you guys through there. <laughs> um, like I said, when they very first came to me, they um, had a lot of capacity, had too much capacity, mm -hmm. um, which means they're, they're paying, uh, you know, they're paying a lot in uh, a lease for the building. Mm. Uh, they're paying hygienists who, you know, don't have a full day, right? So the, the very first problem for them was, of course, we need to get more butts and seats. We need more hygiene patients, right? Yeah. And so we, we fixed that problem. Uh, we fixed it almost too good. Like we fixed it so good <laughs> that they were busting at the seams, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, for a dentist who really wants to grow, that is a problem. There are some dentists who are fine to settle. And if, you know, if they are at full capacity, it's fine. They'll just book out their scheduling farther out. Uh, but I'm really after the dentists who want to grow. So the, the yeah. next problem they ran up to was, okay, well, we, we don't have any more room for people. So we've got to find a new building. Right. Yeah. Like we've got to expand either on our existing building or move to a new location or whatever. Uh, they were able to find a new location that wasn't far away that was much bigger. Um, and, you know, we got into there. And since we already had the model of how to get more patients into that new location, we were able to to get that going pretty, pretty quickly. Um, but we, we had other issues that popped up, right? Like they, they brought on a dentist who, um, had some really great expertise in, uh, implants, right? Yeah. It's, it's a higher end service for, for the mm. dental space. And it became a challenge of, okay, well, how do we get him more business? We've only really been doing kind of the smaller yeah. stuff. How do we get more implant business aside from, you know, the onesie twos you might get via referral. So it was again, like working to clearly identify that problem, yeah. uh, work on and test and trial, articulate a solution, uh, and then figure out something for that. So it's, again, this, it, it was fun for them. They're, they're probably my first yeah. um, company where we've had several hoops to jump through like that, but it's, it's yeah. awesome when you can help them through those problems and get to the best solutions they want to be in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. That, that is, this has been such a good lesson, um, for everyone. Honestly, like even for me, it's a, it's, it's a great reminder right now because we knew this, but we don't think about this so that often. Right. So mm -hmm. it's good. because now we're going to be taking a look at what we offer and we're going to be asking ourselves, what are these problems that we're creating now, right? And, and, and how, also, how your, can we solve them? also in your discussions with your brother, because every day you're like, "What if we do this, right?" So, <laughs> thank you for. Uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a book. I'm gonna get that book if you give him as a cookie. I'm gonna you know relate it back to. It's nah. like, dude, what what awesome. if we run this campaign and then my operational brain is going through the whole process? I'm like, how is that gonna look like with the team? And how's that gonna look like? So the yeah, the good, problem good reminder. So, Jeremy, thank you so much for bringing this point up yeah. for for hey. We need we need focus. And I know we're, we're coming close to an end, but there's a few topics that I want to, to cover too, right? Because Michael told us that you have been running this mastermind for like the last four years too, something like that. And I'm, mm -hmm. I'm curious on what is for you the value on that? Why did you start that mastermind? And that, like wh why personally and, and why as a goal for the community? Sure. That's a very good question. Uh, so I, um, a few years back when I was really trying to systematize what I do, um, I was in Russell Brunson's inner circle. If you guys are familiar with that, it's a, a very high end mastermind that you, you yeah. pay every year to be in. Um, and it costs quite a bit. It was 25 grand when I joined, that's 50 grand a year now. Wow. Yeah. Um, it was a really awesome mastermind to be able to rub shoulders with insanely successful entrepreneurs, including Russell yeah. and, 
again, like to, to be able to problem solve within that, right? I'd, I'd go to the mastermind, I'd have a problem in my business and I'd mm-hmm. come into the mastermind and I'd articulate the problem I have in my business and get expertise from all these other business owners yeah. um, who are in every different industry you can imagine, but we're crazy successful at it. And you'd be amazed how many times a, a, a really, really great solution would come from somebody who's in a totally different industry than yeah, you. Right? It's yeah. kind of the power of the mastermind, getting mm. all these minds, you know, thinking on and helping you solve your problem. And that's yeah. a lot of what you pay for. Of course, you, you pay to to have direct access to Russell. Um, yeah. It was great to be able to directly ask him questions related to my business, related to my funnels, all that type of stuff. And uh, um, when I joined that, it, it was really, really cool. I, I consider myself what I call a situational extrovert. Uh, which means like by default, I'm an introvert. Like I'm totally fine just tinkering away in the cave, in the man cave. (laughs) Uh, But you know, when situation arises kind of like this, I'm, I'm fine to, to be a little bit more extroverted, but uh, um, even though I love spending that time, you know, building funnels and and creating marketing campaigns, all that type of stuff. I I always felt like there needed to be a, a really great, format or structure or something to to build camaraderie around this this general concept of building funnels or funnel hacking right and i i love going to the mastermind with with russell but that was like two times a year Mm -hmm. and i i always felt like there should be something more at the local level and and even though there's really great success when it's super high level and, and people are paying a whole bunch of money i'm like but i don't feel like it has to be some big elaborate fancy thing like yeah. it should be something at the local level that anybody can come to um, as long as they check their ego at the door like you can have the six seven eight figure people in there as well as people who have just barely started their journey and they're still in yeah. a nine to five and they're trying to figure out how to make a little more money with a side hustle right Absolutely. so i i created that selfishly just so i could have more people around me and, and be able to enjoy that um, I guess a little bit different than like your traditional mastermind. It's, it's, even though I created it, it's not like Jerem's mastermind. It's not filled with a bunch of students who are, are following me on a course. Like the, the only two requirements that we have for the group is you have to live in Utah. So I'm sorry for anybody else who's listening to this. That's not in Utah. Sorry, Fonzie. Um, you have to live. <laughs> yeah. You have to live in Utah. And you have to be an active user of ClickFunnels. We, we put that in place because yeah. um, I just didn't want a group full of, of lurkers, right? People yeah, that are, yeah. well, I'm thinking about one day doing it. I'm like, like no, like ClickFunnels is not that expensive. I'm like, invest in it and yeah, be here yeah. as a real user so that you can contribute. And yeah. and left it very open-ended like that. Um, when, I, when I started originally, it wasn't really super structured it was just it was almost like math lab from high school if you guys ever had that like i was in math lab in high school and college for hours at a time where it's like i'm coming in here for all the hours you guys are open because i can't figure out my math problems right yeah. um so i originally oh, so created cool. it as something like that where it's like hey i've been using click for quite a while um i've designed tons of funnels even designed for some some big people out there like i can be here to help a few people and i can also yeah. glean some good insights from other people and so that's kind of how it started initially but now it's a little bit more like a like a think tank um we we usually meet once a month and we have someone who comes in and presents on a, a given topic that mm. that's usually like a, a cross section of the overall picture of you know online marketing or digital marketing so we'll get somebody who will come and talk about podcasting or someone who talks about high ticket sales or someone who talks about yeah. how to run ads on Facebook or Google or whatever. Um, and we also have open networking and it's, it's just been really fun to have something like that, that, um, that is really just like a give back to the community Yeah, and it allows people, you know, when we're tinkering away in click funnels and, and yes, it's awesome to be virtual. It's awesome to, you know, via the software connect with you guys all the way in Florida. I feel like there's still that extra, almost like X factor thing about being able to connect with somebody in person. It's yes, that a little bit more that, that, you know, you build trust to, you know, take someone's advice and implement it or, or create a affiliate relationship or a JV relationship. And it's been pretty fun. So. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that the value of being in person is, is huge. And that's just another reason for us to move to Utah. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you know? right. if, it's a, if it's a requirement, we're going to have to go. Uh, go there. Go. Uh, Jerem, as, as we, as we wrap up, uh, what, what would be your like number one action point for a business owner? Right? Like obviously, you know, we could, we could tackle it on the content side of things. We can tackle it on the entrepreneurial type of things, like something that likes meaningful to you too. My number one action point. 
Uh, g- give me a little bit more. All right. So move, move to Utah. Uh, move that's to Utah. That's that's go to his mastermind. <laughs> Other than that, working with you. So um, obviously, you know the the show is called Content is Profit, right? So how do how do we sure. get to that frictionless sale? So I, I have an idea. I have an idea okay. to frame this question. So obviously, we say content right is the vehicle for that frictionless sale, right? It's supposed Absolutely. to remove these objections when people come through the door and create this trust, mm-hmm. this authority, right? But you are on the side as well of the funnel. What happens after the after they consume this content and they are like, ready. I want more, right? So what would be your number one action point for, for when these people are ready Ooh. to, you know, step into a funnel well, or, or, yeah, or step into a cold next steps? Sure. Uh, well, I, I think you kind of answered there within your question. I, I think it <laughs> is all about content, um, you know, and, and some people hear the word content and and uh they they may quickly think of something like blogging like really long form um articles that type of stuff and maybe that feels daunting to them and maybe something like this a podcast feels daunting to them because they're they're a little bit afraid of the camera whatever it is like there's all these different formats of content that you can employ in your business and where you're lacking in in growth in your business and and even just in you know, the credibility and authority where, where you can position yourself to a point that someone says, Hey, like, I don't know everything about this guy, but he seems to know what he's talking about. I'll go the next step. Like, mm-hmm. I think that is the power of content in, in mm-hmm. any form out there, right? Even if we're directly selling something, even if you don't have a, a big long form type of content, like a, a podcast or a blog, like content is all throughout funnels. And, and of course, like a funnel is just a, a, a very intentionally designed website, yeah. right? Like you think about any process you go through. In fact, uh, um, you know, if you, if you go into a, a store, right, and you're kind of just looking around, perusing, right? I, I know everybody to feel safe. You know, when, when a greeter comes and they say, hey, is there anything you're looking for? You're like, no, I'm, I'm just looking, right? Like you don't have to be pushy, but you can still give them a little bit of guidance or a little bit of direction, right? Like if you see yeah, them in a particular yeah. area of the store, like – you can still provide a little bit of input and, and mm. that experience that, that you can provide in retail in person, just try and think about what that could look like in a funnel, what, what that could look like in an online format, right? If, if you had someone who, who clicked on an ad or, or however they got to your, your funnel and they kind of got halfway through the process of buying something, right? They provided their, their name, their phone number, email, and then they, for whatever reason, stopped at the credit card there's a very, very good chance that they are still a buyer. They're just right on the fence. Mm, yeah. And and sometimes content is just like, hey, we just need to provide a little bit more information, a little bit more context, right? Like mm. when, when we run ads and, and build out a funnel for, for dentists, you know, I don't know really really know why, but in Utah, like it's very, very saturated. There's a lot of dentists, right? So like why should somebody come to the practice I'm advertising for as opposed to another one, right? Yeah. If everything else is the same, if they have awesome reviews on Google and the price is the same, like why else should they come? Like if they started to go through this process in the funnel and they haven't made it all the way through yet, see what additional information you could provide. Mm. Like it, it's not pushy sales. It's it's just giving context to things, and you'll be surprised how many times that little bit of additional information is what brings somebody over. So like in in wow. my case, when we're running ads to get a, a patient in the door, you know, while we do say, hey, you can come in and get your teeth cleaned for $97. And we think we're awesome and here's awesome reviews. Like in addition to that, you could also say, hey, in our practice, we're actually open on Saturday. So you can come here outside of the normal work week Mm. or we're open early and late. So you can come in before work or after work. Or if you have to come in and unfortunately you have to get a filling or root canal done. Hey, we have these awesome, really nice TVs up above your your chair. We show Netflix so you can kind of watch whatever you want. Like they seem like very, very basic things. But as you continue sharing that conversation and providing more content to them, um, there's really powerful context in that content. I, I think a lot of times those little things you can share um, win people over a lot more, especially if they're right on the fence. And and if you're not saying anything, they're going to go to another competitor. So just yeah. look to to share additional content and sometimes just sharing it in a in an unstructured, non-salesy type format yeah. will win over a lot of people. So don't be afraid of that process. Oh, oh, thank so you. I love it. I, I wrote con- it here content. as powerful context 
in that content. I, I love that phrase. I'm, I'm definitely going to start using that. Yes. Thank this you, Jeremy. Is, stolen, Jeremy. Stolen. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll, get, we'll, give, we'll give you proper credit. <laughs> Dude, that was awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. Now, we do have a, a, a question here. When I, I want to reframe it. This is the last question of the show. But, you know, where will you be if you did not, you know, follow that little knack when marketing, you know, spoke to you? Sorry, can you say that one more time? Where, where will you be if you did not follow that little thing that mar- when marketing spoke to you, where will you be right now? I just think you're going to be, uh, where would I be? Yeah, you. If I didn't follow that. Oh, that's a good question. I, I'd probably be, um, shoot, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever thought <laughs> <laughs> like Like the thing that pulled me into the marketing world. Yeah, yeah. You know, so so, know. We, so we ask this question normally is like, where will you be if you do not publish, right? Like, uh, in your case, oh, you no, do no. publish a ton with the paid media that you run for for the dental leads, right? But like in your story specifically, I want to be like, okay, marketing. You know, that was like the thing that that made you make that jump, and that. But you know, yeah, yeah. maybe for the practices that you work with, you know, where would they be if they don't they don't publish? Not even like in, with paid media, nothing, or like get, create the content that get that gives context, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I, I just say in, in general, you will slowly be forgotten. Um, I mean, I, I think you guys know this experience as well as anything else. Um, if you're doing anything in the realm of, of online marketing, um, things move fast, right? And, and uh, you know, the opportunity, literally the, the opportunity that we have in front of us now today is gone tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Even if I can buy the thing today and I can also buy it tomorrow, like, especially if it's like business related, right? If I could go invest in a course now today, or I can invest in it tomorrow. What if I got it today and started implementing it right now today? I'd be a day ahead of when I'd get it tomorrow, right? Yeah. Um, and believe it or not, if you have enough tomorrows, you will miss opportunities like that. And, and there are mm. great opportunities for you to grow, uh, for you to progress. And and even if you take all the, all the shiny objects of marketing out of the picture. Yeah. Like as we have the opportunity to serve other people, if you don't get over your your personal fear or, or whatever obstacle may be getting in the way of you doing your next thing, if it's if it's publishing content or whatever it may be, if you don't get over that, like you won't know how many people you could have made connections with and help them out Ooh, because yeah. you couldn't overcome this hurdle. And I'm like, do you really want somebody to be writing like you know when you die at, at the end of your life? Do you want your eulogy to be that empty where it's like? Well, he was a nice guy, but he just never overcame that thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I feel like as hard as it is, like life is all about running into challenges, running into obstacles and finding yeah. ways around them or over them. And I feel like if for nobody else, I feel like that gives me <laughs> more drive, more um, swagger in my step and, and helps me to be more confident in my business, to be more confident as a father, as a, as a husband. Um, and of course it, it does wonders to help other people. So I, I think it's about routinely, yeah. um, learning to be okay, being in a position of discomfort and, and working at overcoming whatever challenge is right here in front of us. Wow. That's thank standing you. ovation. Standing ovation. That was amazing. Thank yeah. you, Jeremy. Believe it or not, I'm standing. And I, I, just, yeah. <laughs> I just want to add here. Um, another fun fact. Let's end with a fun fact. Cause we started the episode with a bunch of fun facts. So, we had this guest called Joseph Hansen come to the show <laughs> and he talked about uh, being comfortable with the uncomfortable, right? Which is what you Absolutely. just mentioned. And guess what? He is from Utah. <laughs> fun <Sweet>. fact. <laughs> know, we're we're going to have to connect you guys. Oh, oh, wow, that was amazing. Yeah. Jaren, wh- where can people find you? Where can people connect with you if they want to have a, an awesome conversation like the one that we just had? Oh yeah. Very good question. So, uh, I mean, anything dental related, you can go to dentalleads.com. Um, obviously that's probably a very, very small subset of your, your listeners. Um, one other place I'm actually in the process of launching right now. Um, we'll have a podcast up here within the next week or so. So hopefully by the time you guys listen to this podcast, uh, it should be live. Um, but I, even though I work with dentists, I I still feel like I, I want to, to dabble a little bit. Um, even if it's more in a like coaching or consulting type role, I, I want to dabble and help other people and other businesses yeah. because I've, I've been in that general space before. And I know that like these core foundational principles like 
publishing content regularly, consistently can grow your business. I, I know that you know what I do in, in running ads and building and running funnels, all that type of stuff can help grow tons and tons of businesses out there. So a new podcast that I'm, I'm launching is localfunnels.com. Mm. Uh, it's, it's really going to be a, a podcast that, that takes this overarching concept of, of funnel marketing and, and building funnels and funnel hacking, all that type of stuff. And, and shows how we can take that concept and apply it to a local level. And you can take a small business and get them really, really big results. Wow. Oh, so good. Where were, you, where were you five years ago? This yeah. is exactly what we needed <laughs> when we were first starting. <laughs> Literally. Yes. Okay, sweet. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to miss it uh, for sure. Yeah, no, that's going to be amazing. And, uh, so awesome. awesome. Is, is, it, is this show going to be called Local, local Funnels? Awesome. awesome. So go check it out. We're going to leave all the links right in the description. Yeah. Uh, all you ja got to just scroll down. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Jerem, as soon as you have that link, send it to us too. Send it. Um, in case we publish <laughs> this before that goes live so we can update it and add the link in there. Sweet. Okay, I can do that. Awesome. Dude, it, it was a pleasure. What a fun conversation we just had. Thank you so much for being with us. Uh, Fancy, any last words? Uh, no, thank you so no, much. It sweet. was amazing. Awesome. Thank you, guys. I love the energy. Keep it up. You guys Let's are awesome. Go. Thank you. With that being said, guys, thank you so much for tuning into the Contents Profit Podcast. Go ahead and subscribe. Hit smash that subscribe button and follow us on social media at BeastBrosCo. That's right. And if you find this episode impactful, which I am sure you did, don't forget to share it. And, and... Leave a five-star review. Thank you. Thank you, guys.